I love how the psalmist says, I will run in the course of your commandments because you have set my heart free. And I think that's how we can always look back at our obedience one day. Yeah, I, I think of the song, Holy, 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 where it says they take their crowns and they're casting them down. I think that crown that we will all wear, mm-hmm. we will say, not to us, mm-hmm. not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because if I obeyed one day of my life, it was because you saved my soul right. and you changed my heart and you worked it in me. And it's all your glory. And I think when we can obey like that, that's spirit led. It's that that we want to put before people. Yeah. The other is angry and bitter and legalistic and not life giving. And we want to say, hey, this is life. Yeah, it may be hard, it may be death, but it's life. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk, a podcast for women where we seek to apply biblical wisdom to everyday life. My name is Jackie Hill Perry, and I am here with Jasmine Holmes and Melissa Kruger. So far, we've talked about boundaries, we've talked about shame, we've talked about false teaching, we talked about work, everything except cupcakes. And today, we're going to talk about <laughs> obedience and the law. Nice, easy conversation. Yep. It's, I know, really simple. Um, Since I'm very anti-shame, I'm obviously also very anti-obedience to the law. (laughs) Um, So I'm not going to be much help in this episode. (laughs) Well, let's even, let's even start with why, what, how do you feel when you hear the word obey? Like what's, what's the reaction? Is it like, oh. It depends who it's coming from. My, my parents were very like, oh, like child's place Mm -hmm. like stay in a child's Mm -hmm. place be a child like whenever we would have adults over and like we knew like if there was a room full of adults and the kids were in the room if the kids would like interject it would be like what what are you doing why are you talking you're a child stay in a child's like child so whenever i hear obey i think about like child like okay okay Mm. sorry yeah 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 and it's actually like a putting away of you yes like our quieting of you yes yeah be seen and not heard Uh uh-huh yeah. Yeah, I think if God says obey, I think there's a, a much more uh, I'm way more willing to mm-hmm. be like, okay, cuz mm-hmm. you're God. That's right. It's when cats are like obey your husband <laughs> or people, even the government and authorities. I understand the usefulness of it, yeah. but I don't trust all y'all. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I I think when I don't trust you, right. that whole obedience thing just becomes a lot more complicated for me. Yeah. 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 And it's like, which law am I obeying? Mm-hmm. So if it's God's law. Yeah. I kind of got to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. That's an interesting. That trust aspect is huge. Cause like we know that God's law is for our good. Right. And our protection. Hopefully. Yeah. We can, we can obey. We can, we can trust, but the earthly iterations of that don't always inspire confidence in the idea of obedience. Mm-hmm. Well, so that gets me to the question of what is the role of obedience in the life of a Christian? Because we know that we're saved by grace, not by works, right. so that no one can boast. I mean, that's what the scriptures tell us. So does it matter how we live as a Christian? Yes. Because, well, because we're saved for unto good works. Yep. Like Paul talks about that. I, I um, was just in... Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians all in the same week. And it was all like, (laughs) beloved of Christ, you have been saved. Here's what you were saved from. This is what you were saved for. Now walk in it. Yep. And that obedience is part of, 
that's that's what it means to walk in it to obey what god the path that god has set before us as believers yeah yeah faith without works is dead Mm -hmm. and i I think we know that we we even tgc we did the whole book of james uh last year but it's it's like man my fakes my works don't earn my salvation but they do prove Mm -hmm. that there is a work that has happened in me that's Mm -hmm. leading me now to obey god yeah because james is where it gets confusing Mm -hmm. i mean because james 2 says so faith by itself if it does not have works is dead it also says in verse 224 you see that a person is justified by his works and not by faith alone which you know to all of us yeah because then i'm hearing romans it's like well all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and are justified by his by his grace as a gift Mm -hmm. you know so it's Mm -hmm. this confusing hold on so you're saying do my works justify or does faith justify? And I always, what, what I like to say is I became Melissa Kruger. I was declared to be Melissa Kruger on July 26, 1997, when I got married. That I was declared to be. But if you ask me to justify that I'm Melissa Kruger to prove to you, I have to get my passport out. Mm-hmm. My passport doesn't make me Melissa Kruger. Mm-hmm. It just justifies that I am who I say I am. But what declared me was when I said, I do. Hmm. You know, like that was yeah. the moment. So the moment we come to Christ is by faith alone, by grace alone, by God alone, we're declared righteous. But then our works prove that we've been declared righteous. Hmm. They act as our, like, they're like, see, no, no, I really am a Christian. Yeah. Because my life is now being lived by the spirit of God, which shows up in obedience. Did you change God. your name right away? Are you like obedient? I did. <laughs> it took I me did. five years. It took you five years? It took me about it, three. It took years. me a long time, time to change my email. Because that was like. Oh, yeah. yeah. I still. Like yeah. when PayPal stuff comes to my house, it's still addressed to Jasmine Bauckham. Like still. <laughs> and I'll see Bauckham on stuff and I'll be like, who's. Oh. Yeah. I think yeah. the most hurtful part about that. This is, has nothing to do with obedience <laughs> of the law. But was having to change my passport. Oh. Because yes. I had to lose all of my stamps. Yeah, because you had so many oh, places yeah. you've been. Oh. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. I sound boastful. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know. I could have had three stamps. You never know. I had I had a few. Not as many as Jackie Hill Perry. But, like, wow. I had a few. But yeah. I had to change mine. I changed my uh, passport and my... Well, what happened was... Philip, I know Philip. Philip didn't. <laughs> Philip didn't care about it until I had Langston, and then on the hospital door, it had my maiden name, and then on his little crib, it said "Little Baby Bacham." And Philip was like, "Oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, it's Tom." <laughs> he was like, "That's an I had," and I changed it within yeah. like the next year because he was yeah. like, and, "But I do think it's a good way to look at it." Like, there, there is even a growth process, right? There when is. Come to Christ, mm-hmm. and. We are Christian, right? but we might not even know what the Bible says. So yeah. we might be living in sin, unbeknownst even to us. Yeah, I mean, because I think of, um, who was it, Apollos, that Priscilla and Aquila taught the way of God more accurately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like he was trying, you know, he was going out and trying to tell people about yeah. the gospel, but he didn't understand it fully. And they come along and teach him the way of God more accurately. But that analogy pushes so far because like you're declared Melissa Kruger on your wedding day. But like, how long have you and Mike been married now? It'll be 25 years this summer. Are you, would you say that you're operating more like a family now than you're operating on? Yes. Yeah. So it's just like that constant Hmm. growth into the family of God. Like you're there. That's right. Right. And nothing is going to stop you from being there. Yes. But there's still this growth into what it means 
yeah. to be part of the family of faith, to be part of the family of, you know, and those outward things are important. They like, yeah. they become, they become kind of like signposts. That's right. That's, that's what I like to, I even like to say you're given this new heart and it starts pumping blood to all the outer members. But that takes time. Mm -hmm. You know, is we're being changed from the inside out, yep. not the outside in. And so we grow increasingly, if we're growing in the Lord, we're going to grow increasingly uncomfortable with sin. Mm -hmm. Because we understand, it's like your taste buds change. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, I don't have a taste for that. I may yearn for it, but our tastes slowly over time change. And I think we also, at the same time, start recognizing the inner sins more. Oh, like absolutely. maybe I didn't say, yep. da, 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 but I thought it. And you, now I know my thought was bad. So one of my favorite shows is Top Chef, right? Ooh. On Bravo. Best, one of the best shows in the world. And when they get toward the end where it's like three or four competitors, by this time, they got the cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. And the judges will often say, everything is so excellent, but we, so everything we're saying is nitpicky mm. at this point. And I feel like the longer I am in Christ, it isn't that I'm excellent, it's that my, I have to make little tweaks to my life mm -hmm. where it isn't, I'm a drunkard. <laughs> and isn't that, you know, I'm immodest. Like I don't, these big external changes, yeah. mm -hmm. it's just, the way you speak to your children, mm -hmm. how long you spend on your phone, like these really small things that you have to just be conscious of and change. And it can feel unnecessary, but I really do think that that's a part of killing the little leaven and making, mm -hmm. like being aware of the little foxes. Cause to mm -hmm. me, it's just like, if I don't care about the little stuff, then I, I shouldn't be shocked when I fall off a cliff next right. year. Yeah. You right. know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to fall off cliffs. Another, uh, that made me think, your Top Chef analogy made me think about writing a book, mm. how you sign a contract, and like you're the, mm. I signed a contract for Carbon Ebony, I hadn't written Carbon Ebony yet, yeah. and then I wrote it, and then they were like, great, now we're just getting started, <laughs> time for the editing process, yeah. and then it went through the first round of edits, where I was like editing content and stuff, and they were like, oh, it's really good, and then they were like, this footnote says page 67, but I didn't find it on page 67. It's actually the sentence ends on page 68. So I need you to go back in and like make sure that the footnote is exactly, like, it's so intensely exacting. Nitpicky. But I, but I signed the contract and I got the advance. I've yeah. been hired. Yeah. yeah. The cover is done. Like all that stuff is done. The announcement yeah. has been made, but I'm still doing so much work. Yeah. To make the book a reality, yeah. even just a couple months before out it comes out. With fear and trembling. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. And I love it. It reminds me of the like good works, which were prepared in advance for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. It's like you signed the contract and God has plans for your life. He does. Yeah. That he prepared in advance for you to do. And you're supposed to walk in them. Yeah. And, and he I takes our little, he takes our little works. Yeah. That are so just like baby works yeah like they took my first draft with its terrible footnotes and they were like good job jasmine yeah that's right gold stars I'm for sure. you i know how you write i'm sure it was not they're like they were like you finished and then they were like okay I have a now do better <laughs> i have a question guys <laughs> i'm listening to y'all i'm listening to us and then i'm thinking about people who may be a lot like the rich young ruler mm. who while listening to us they're saying yeah i obey all the time i'm good like we don't even have to have a podcast. If we gonna have a podcast about obedience to works, y'all yeah. need to talk to me because I understand obedience. Mm. Like, how do we, 
one avoid that kind of like spiritual arrogance mm-hmm. uh and how do we even deal with friends and family members that kind of feel like they don't have anything to tweak they don't have right. any areas of right. disobedience like they're just kind of out here perfect you know so i think i have the most boring testimony of the three of us there's no sure. such thing as a boring testimony it's, it's close you were raised from the dead it's close man but i was like six and delivered so I didn't, out I didn't of do darkness anything. You into know, like, his marvelous light but you know like at camp at bible camp where they call you up to give your testimony Never it was went. like it was like i was a crackhead <laughs> and now i i love like it's like it's so intense and you're just like i was sick and then i'll talk to other christian people who'll be like oh so yeah but like when was your rebellious you know what i like yeah because you become like, a christian when you're super one. early and then yeah. you have a rebellious phase and then i was like oh that was when i was 14 and i was really scared that i wasn't saved so i was trying to be really good that, <laughs> that is rebellious that's not, and it is it is mm-hmm. rebellious it is and it's, we all want our children to rebel just like that <laughs> yeah. no but you don't though because oh look at the little legalist it's <sighs> so it's soul crushing like and i don't think people realize how soul crushing legalism is which is why like tongue-in-cheek i think a testimony like mine does seem really boring because it's like well yeah you know but like what did you do like uh-huh. you didn't do anything you didn't do that much but i was living in shame and living mm-hmm. as though christ had not died for yeah. my sin and living like a pharisee and well and the biggest condemnation i mean i was reading in matthew this morning was always to the pharisees yes woe to you you whitewashed yes you clean the inner yeah you, know, you, you clean the outside but yeah you know, right like, he yeah, you're right. You're right. Because we were so talking yesterday about maybe shame. Yours and like, is most the most exciting. <laughs> Come on here, Melissa. For that. Encourage her. I know. Um, but we were talking about this yes- yesterday. Um, Jack and I were talking, and we was like, "Does Jesus ever use shame? Does Jesus ever use shame to mm. teach?" And like, if he does, it is with the Pharisees. Yes. It's not with the people yeah. who are like, "Uh, you know, I'm I so know, bad. I'm bad. Yeah. Like, I am. Yeah. I am broken." It's with the Pharisees where he's like, "Look, I need to get you. I need to get you down." Yeah. To where you realize that you are in need of me yeah. completely and totally. Because, I mean, shame and false humility can kind of look like you really understand the word of God. And you're this, like, self-flagellating, like, yes, you know, I just want to be holy. Like, mm. I just want to be good. Um, but something that I realized my first year of marriage that had actually been told to me in relationships prior to with my husband um, was I was really bad at apologizing. Hmm. so bad at apologizing hmm. but i apologize all the time like when i'm in labor i'm like i'm so sorry oh my gosh I'm so, like i remember i was like pushing went out and like after my first push i was like somebody is so loud i am so sorry that is like whoa and so i'm just like i'm, a, I'm an apologetic person so when people would be like you don't like when people that i was in deep relationship with would say you you don't really apologize i'd be like i apologize all the time mm. i'm the best at apologizing mm-hmm. but it was just a precursory I'm sorry, let's move past it. Because if, if I repent, yeah. if yeah. I like stop in it and really express grief over my sin, then I'm going to have to come face to face with my shame mm. and you're going to see me mm. and I'm going to be naked. Mm. And I don't, I don't want to do that. So yeah. just like, sorry, move on. Mm. Yep. And it's only been through marriage and relationship with Philip that I've realized that pride in me, that even though I'm a person who's always like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just to get through. It's just to get past. It's to get past the awkwardness. Mm-hmm. It's not to actually say. It's deflection. Right. It's not to actually say I sinned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am bare. Whereas the Sermon on the Mount 
was the antidote to the rich young ruler. Yeah. When we th really think about it, because what did Jesus do? And sometimes we want to say, oh, Jesus started expanding the law. He didn't actually expand the law. He showed it for what it was always meant to be. Mm -hmm. The Pharisees had limited it so they could hop over the fence. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, so they had said, well, of course I've never stolen. Yeah, of course I've never, um, you know, lusted or right. I've never committed adultery. But right. then Jesus says, have you lusted? Well, then you've committed adultery right. in your heart. Yeah, you know I mean, because you get to the, for, for me, probably the best exercise was writing a book on envy and coveting. Because mm. all, I mean, the 10th commandment assures you if you thought you were without sin, I'm now going to get into your inner desires. Because coveting is all about inner desires. Yeah. You're not actually taking your neighbor's cow. Right. You're not actually taking your neighbor's wife. You just want it. Mm -hmm. And I... And God calls that sin. Idolatry. Yeah. yeah. And so when you really get to that, it's like, and I, I think what we are tempted to do is to lower the fence like the Pharisees so yep. we can jump over it. We mm -hmm. don't really want to go, oh no, me wanting Jasmine's cute jogger pants here. <laughs> yeah. Like in an inordinate way, mm -hmm. not just saying, oh, they're cute. Right. Yeah. But me, me actually saying I don't think God is good to me. Right. I'm doubting. I mean, cause this is what the Israelites got in trouble for all the time in the mm -hmm. old Testament. They grumbled and complained and you're like, that's not sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. That's not all these things, you know, grumbling and complaining. And they didn't go to the promised land. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about that, like it's because their hearts were discontent with what the Lord was doing. Yeah. So he gets at us. He, he will show us if we think we're not lawbreakers, we are. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so uh, necessary for us to see how much like obedience is, it's like a product of our faith, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like so many times we try to obey apart from faith, which mm -hmm. only leads to self-righteousness yeah. and a lack of intimacy and exhaustion, yeah. really. Yes. Uh, but like when the law was given, what's that Exodus 19, you know, shortly after Exodus 32, they over here, over here building the calf. Yep. Why? Because they didn't know what happened to Moses. Therefore, they don't trust that God is able to go before them. And it's just like, you were wait. too long coming down from that mountain. So yeah. we made a calf. It came out of the fire. It's like, yeah. wait, he just, he just split some season. He, like you literally walked across dry land. It just did a lot to show you that he's right. faithful. He just made yeah. covenant with you. He, yeah. He's not going to break it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and he rescued you before he even gave you yes. his law. So mm -hmm. this isn't to earn his salvation. That's You've right. already been set free. You've already been delivered. You've already been saved. This is just saying, I love you, God. Thank you. Let me like walk in your way so I can be like you. Yep. And, but it's, they, they didn't remember that, and they didn't hold fast to yep. what God had revealed himself to be and what God had said. Therefore they didn't obey. Yep. I think that is actually a huge part that we haven't talked about. The law was graciousness to Israel, not condemnation. Mm -hmm. Meaning he said, because you are my people, because I love you, I'm actually going to tell you how you work best. Yep. And you know, if you act like all the other nations who are literally burning their children in the fire to these gods, you know, if you do all these things, it's actually not going to go well for you. That mm. The law, when we, I think when we turn on a different lens, I think before we become Christians, the law is condemnation. For sure. It is what is screaming out, you are not enough. Mm -hmm. You are not enough. But once we become a Christian, we can say with Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is lovely. Yeah, delighting the soul. The commands of the, the Lord are 
trustworthy, making wise the simple. You know, we can say those things mm -hmm. in a different way because all of a sudden the law becomes what we base our life on because I actually don't know how to live. Mm -hmm. It's saying humbly, I am human. I am finite. I don't know how to go in this world, but I'm going to trust in this book because I believe it's true. Mm -hmm. And that is not a position of pride. That's actually a position of humility to say, I don't know what's best. So I'm going to put my trust in the Lord and I'm going to do what he says, even when it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. to me sometimes. And I'm going to go forward with that. That's, that's a life of faith. Yeah. You know, the life of pride is I go my own way. I make my, you know, God's ways, that didn't sound right. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to walk in my own way. Yeah. Um, one thing that has really helped me, because I think when you get in the Old Testament, it gets really confusing with, with regard to the law. Because there are all these laws. It's a lot of them. That mm -hmm. we now don't obey. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the Old Testament, people kind of categorize law with civil, um, ceremonial, and um, moral law. Mm -hmm. And so civil law are laws that were given to the nation of Israel, you know, because they were a theocracy. They worked differently than like laws for our country, mm -hmm. for instance. And then ceremonial laws all dealt with the temple regulation. So only this tribe of Aaron could carry the pole. Only this tribe, you know, when they're moving the tabernacle right. all over the place. And then it also dealt with the goats and the lambs and the birds and all the different ways of sacrifice. And then you had the moral law um, in the Old Testament that is the, summed up in the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Like that's the basic summation of it. How does understanding those three types of law help us interpret Scripture well when we talk about obeying God? Yeah, so when someone comes to you and says, you're eating shrimp, how is that any different than me stealing from someone? Yeah. Right. I mean, for, I think a lot of times when the law is brought up in like our cultural context in that way, it's usually to try to discredit obedience to God in general. So we could explain like there's civil law, there's ceremonial law, and there's, there's moral law. But really, that's not the question that people are normally asking. They're normally just doing a, you know, serpent in the garden, did God really say mm -hmm. moment. Um, but if they really wanted to know about why I'm eating shellfish, it'd be a really good conversation to talk about Peter and Acts mm -hmm. and how God gave him every good thing to eat and like showed him that that, that law was for a season, for an illustration, for a purpose, and that Christ fulfilled that law. Yep. Um, but really, it's impossible to understand those three different categories of law without understanding Christ. Mm -hmm. What would you say if someone says, well, does that mean the law is constantly evolving? Mm. Meaning, you know, shellfish used to be bad. Well, so now if the law could evolve, if we're going to say that, which I don't think I, the term... I would say, maybe I'm going to answer my own question here. I would actually say the law was fulfilled. I was just thinking, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But because some will say, yeah, well, that was for that season. Mm -hmm. But now we're, we're more okay, especially with areas of sexuality. Right. right. You know, now we understand that this is okay or this is okay or, you know, you know, God doesn't care who I sleep with. Yeah. That whole type thing. Mm -hmm. um, just because all the Old Testament laws changed, right? So... It's just all, God, God is kind of an evolving process as what pleases him and what doesn't. Well, yeah. I would just ask like, okay, so Christ came and then that changed some of the iterations of the law. So if you're arguing that now the law is different again, what, what happened? What happened? Yeah. Yeah. 
And in the New Testament, the moral law is still upheld. Mm-hmm. Again, the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. very ethical. Yeah. Very moral. Uh, when Jesus is talking about marriage, he hearkens back to the reality. No, this is one man, one woman, one flesh. You know, Paul, like, obey your body, submit your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Like, there's still a lot of morality yes. and ethical legislation like like ethics are being legislated still yeah in the new testament and so we can't just throw the whole baby out with the bathwater as if god's holiness has changed right yep that 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 hasn't changed at all and never will that's exactly right and the nation of israel was set for a particular time Mm -hmm. the church is the fulfillment of that so this you know he says all of you who believe by faith are actually sons of Abraham. Like the church is the people of God that he was calling out from the nation of Israel. Christ comes and now we're living in the church Mm -hmm. and we're governed not by the law, but by the spirit, Mm -hmm. but the spirit will never act in contradiction to the law. Mm -hmm. And so there's this wonderful Galatians five, where it gives this contrast between, I tell you walk by the spirit and you won't, you're not going to satisfy the desires of the sinful nature. Mm-hmm. And he says, those are actually obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, and he lists them out. And he says, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he says, but the fruit of the spirit is love and joy. And, you know, like, I think it shows us, the law shows us what life by the spirit looks like. Mm-hmm. So forever wondering, you know, am I in the spirit on this? Well, does it look like love and joy and peace and patience, kindness as defined by the scripture? Because right. you know, we can even get into... You know, does it look like what God says love is? Does yeah. it look like what God says joy and peace are? And that's a really different view. So the law is given to show us how to live mm-hmm. um, as a Christian. But it does also act as a tutor to guide us to Christ when we see we can't fulfill it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, So there are these different ways it's used in our life. Because I think the more you are trying to obey, mm-hmm. you're feeling shame and like, I can't do this. Yep. Um, and so how do we see in our hearts, how do we distinguish between a spirit desire to obey God and kind of a legalistic desire to obey God? Wonderful question. Wonderful question. <laughs> was that family feud? Great question. Great, great question. No, that was a good question. It was a good question. Um, willingness to repent is my mm. main one. Because if I am living out of a pharisaical place and somebody comes to me and says like, Hey, actually Jasmine, when you did X, that really was hurtful. Mm -hmm. If I'm living out of a pharisaical place, I'm going to argue them down and be like, no, 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 I didn't hurt you because I'm perfect. (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, But that willingness to repent, that willingness to, recognize our standing before a righteous God Mm -hmm. is an important element of knowing Mm -hmm. whether or not we're obeying God because we understand who he says he is or we're obeying God because we want to take his place. Mm -hmm. We want to be God-like. We want to be perfect. Yeah. This is complicated because I've been in so many settings where uh, legalism was the culture. Mm. And I thought it was faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the first one of the first churches I went to when I was a new Christian, um, it was just a, a world. And we ended up finding out it was a cult, but it was just a <laughs> world of like law keeping. Mm. And to the point that, you know, if if I was on Facebook longer than 10 minutes, um, this is I'm, this is an idol. 
I'm, mm-hmm. I'm spending my time unnecessarily. Or if I'm on the phone or if I meet a stranger and I don't give them the gospel, then I've given into fear and cowardice. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was just like this, this yoke and this burden that I thought was holiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't until I stepped out of it where it's like, mm-hmm. is it not also gospel centric to befriend them? Yeah. And to say, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> are you good? You What's need some name? prayer. <laughs> Can I give you a high five? You, you know, yeah. like that's kindness. That's, right. that's mm-hmm. love. It's not necessarily evil for you to not go through. Yeah. We sinned against the Holy God and he sent his only begotten son so that we could, you know, live and he atoned and propitiated for our sin and wrote from the dead. And now we got to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you want to say this prayer? <laughs> like that's not, <laughs> that was good. That's not necessarily the thing. That, that was, was like off the top of the dome. I don't know. Okay. So I guess taking the Bible for what it says, listening mm-hmm. to the words of Jesus more than we listen to the words of people, mm-hmm. um, and even identifying and being able to s- discern our motives, right? Yeah. I think motives are a huge thing where it's like, I could be, and it's hard because the heart is deceitful, but I could be in a situation where the pressure on me is to give the gospel, mm-hmm. right? But I could actually be resting in wisdom to say, maybe I need to befriend this person, yeah. right. not necessarily yeah. fear. Mm-hmm. So let me discern my heart and not necessarily what the culture is imposing on me mm-hmm. for what I should do. Does yeah. that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Well, cause that's a really actually a great point because there are commands given, go make disciples, right? but there's wisdom about how to do that. There's a command, be kind, mm-hmm. but kindness to your child might look like disciplining them. Right. You know, I mean, so it doesn't, you know, it takes wisdom to actually, and I think it takes dependence on the spirit to actually know what is love in this moment. Mm-hmm. Love might be saying the hard thing. Mm-hmm. Love might be hugging someone. Love might be crying when they cry and being joyful when they're joyful. It. It's situational, and that takes a spirit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one thing the Pharisees did not have. Yeah, was the spirit, the yeah. mind of Christ. Mm. My, I always talk about my favorite yes. passage in yes. Corinthians, but yes. like, yeah, <laughs> just replacing the mind of flesh and the heart of flesh with the mind that we have access to the very mind of God through yeah. the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I think when we dilute obedience down to a checklist and not down to a constant submission to the word and the spirit's calling in our lives, we lose the heart of what obedience to Mm -hmm. God is for a believer because Mm -hmm. we're just like, just tell me what to do. Like I want to rush past that discernment. I want to rush past that, um, need for love, that need for patience. I just want to know, just, just, yeah, make me a robot so I can just like fulfill all the commands. Cause it has to flow in scripture out of abiding. Cause Mm -hmm. Jesus says, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Mm -hmm. So for me, if I'm trying to obey apart from abiding, I know it's going to get ugly. I'm going to be the dry and brittle branch who's judgmental. I mean, some of the signs for me, like I, I'll call them signposts. If I'm convicted about something, like don't watch that show. And then I hear y'all talking about watching that show. And I'm like, they should know better. They're not Christian. Yeah. Or like you know, when I see judgmentalness <laughs> in my heart, mm-hmm. that to me is a check. Mm-hmm. Are you obeying? out of legalism or by mm-hmm. the spirit. That's true. You know, it doesn't mean that we can't be discerning because there's some things that are just wrong in scripture. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I can't say it. You know, if you're telling me you're sleeping with your boyfriend, I'm going to look at you and be like, okay, I'm concerned about where you are with the Lord right. because it's pretty clear in scripture. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to, I'm just concerned. I'm not saying, you know, right. You're right. But let's talk. 
Let's talk. I'm about to like <laughs> jump out of the <laughs> jump out of the alley and like douse you with holy water. <laughs> but on things that are what the scriptures call disputable matters, you know, can I graciously let you make your choices and trust that the Spirit's leading you, and be the same with me and know I might make choices that other people don't agree with, mm-hmm. like when it comes to things like alcohol or foods we eat or whatever. You know, like you might be like, I only pick organic because. Mm. Because that would be creating your own law right. That's right. And, and subjecting other people to obey it. That's Absolutely. right. And they're, now at that point, they're obeying Melissa and not the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's not good. No. That's mm-hmm. not, although, with, when it comes to our children then, because mm-hmm. sometimes uh, when obedience becomes a sweet, sweet word <laughs> off our tongues is when our children obey mm-hmm. us. How can we avoid legalism in our homes? And this could even be with your roommate, you know, because, I mean, I tell you, I remember living with roommates in college and the kitchen sink could become a breeding ground of, you must not be a Christian because you're never putting your <laughs> your dishes, you're never cleaning them, yeah. you leave them for everybody else, yeah, or whatever. Like, we can become, in our family life, really legalistic mm. with the people we're around the most. Um, how does that show up? Kind of, Or maybe it doesn't in your homes. Maybe your homes are just grace-based. No, Always. I think understanding the other person, I say this all the time, but finding the understandable part of the other person, mm-hmm. like why. So I'll use myself as an example and not Philip. I don't screw the tops on things. Mm-hmm. I like screw them once. Wow. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like tightly screw the tops on things. I'm judging I'll just you. be like, yeah, I'll just be like, <laughs> you know, just and then I'm on to the next thing. And it drives Philip insane yeah it drives him crazy it's driving me crazy right mm. i do now and he's like Good. like whenever whenever he finds one he's like babe and i'm like yeah, i know man so proud of you screwed on that top <laughs> but i wasn't not doing it because i don't love him or because i don't care about the freshness of the bourbon or because i don't care about that i just was like i'm i'm moving fast i'm moving on to the next thing i'm trying to and so i think you know he had to understand that about me as opposed to him just kind of being like She's a pig who mm. never screws the tops on anything because she hates me. Mm. She hates my bourbon. She hates everything that I stand for. And we need to get a divorce. That's like where I am with my pregnant self. Like every time Philip <laughs> does any little thing, I'm just like, I'm just done mm. with you. Get over here and hug me. Um, so I think like understanding others instead of just reacting immediately to the things that they do not do like, like what was their you know what was the expectation some parents some families clean a dish as soon as they're done with it some families let it pile up and some families put it in the, you know it just not making a moral thing out of just differences of opinion differences of the way that people were raised differences of preference mm-hmm. although i'm now convicted that i should screw the tops of things yeah i think for me uh my children are disobedient um (laughs) and they're growing in obedience which is good to see um i'm sure they'll regress at at some point Mm -hmm. but uh i think having an environment of love and joy that is not contingent Mm -hmm. on their behavior um and so I, i don't ever want them to feel as if they have to be good kids for mommy to love them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think when it becomes that way, then I am completely creating an environment where that's how they're going to interact with God. Right. Which is if I don't do the right thing with God, then he'll be distant. 
he'll be vengeful. He'll, mm-hmm. I mean, God is just, but you get like, he, he, he was just in the way he placed his sins on, on his son. And so there's, there's openness and there's a freedom if we accept the love that he's already given us. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, it's just like, okay, how do I discipline you? And like you said, in another podcast, share my disappointment, but at the same time, root that in the fact that I love you still, mm-hmm. like it, nothing has changed right. with us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I've also just with my children, my son, Wayne is super emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, so emotional. Like I am. I just, every time he does it, I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> I get that. You're feeling really big feelings. And I think in some households, things that are just like a personality difference can be penalized. Wow. Yeah. Um, So it's like, he's not, you know, he's crying. Right. But he's not screaming. He's not like throwing a tantrum. He's not, he's just, he's feel. he's just feeling those feelings. And in some homes that's like, you're not allowed. Don't ever show me that you're sad. Don't ever show me that. You- I had a mentor once who, um, she was over my house and when said, I told him to do something and he did it. And I said, Are you okay? And he said, I'm mad. And she said, Oh, you need to break him from that. And I was like, break him from what? Hmm. And she said, you need to break him from I'm mad. Hmm. And I was like, why? And she goes, he shouldn't, he shouldn't tell you that he's mad. He should just. That's old school. Yeah. She was, he was, she was like, he should just obey and be quiet and keep his feelings to himself. And, you know, it, it was so interesting because she truly believed that that was like extremely righteous advice that she was giving me on how to have a respectful child who knows how to control their emotions. Um, And our parenting philosophy is just a little bit different where, if I ask you how you feel, you're allowed to say how you really feel. You still got to do what I told you to do. Right. I, mm-hmm. I mean, and I expect you to do it expediently and without like throwing a tantrum. But if I say, are you okay? How are you feeling? And you say, I'm mad. I'm like, yeah, I get mad sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Crazy thing is you still got to do what mm-hmm. you still got to, we have that conversation all the time. Like I, do, I just, I just don't want to do it. I'm like, yeah, mm. yeah. Sometimes I don't want to do stuff either. Yeah. Mm. I still do it though. Yeah. And that's what's so great about the Psalms. They teach us what to do with our emotions. Mm -hmm. Pour our hearts out to God. You don't pummel your brother. Right. (laughs) That's not okay. Yes. But you can go and say, I'm mad to God. There is a... That's not against the law. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can say, I'm upset about this. This isn't going well. You know, whatever. And I think that's actually a good lesson to Mm -hmm. teach. That obedience is not stuffing, but it's freedom. Mm. Yes. You know, that it, that it's actually being able to call out to God and say, I don't want to obey like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This feels like death. Help me. And by the spirit in us, he will help us do yeah. this. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think about Jesus on the way to the cross. He wasn't skipping. Mm. You know, he was on his knees in prayer saying, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't, I, I think, I think we do need to deal with the fact that obedience can be really costly. And I think sometimes in the Western church, we think obedience should only be when it feels good to us. So I think there's this rightness about being able to say, this doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. This feels like carrying my cross. And Jesus is like, yep. It feels like, sometimes it feels like death. Yes. Yes. Hey, if your eye calls you sin, gouge it out. Yippee! Yay! No, he, he's saying that obedience will be excruciating. Yeah, it'll be costly. I mean, I'm, you know, 
I'm pregnant right now out of obedience to God. <laughs> and it is costly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's costly. Yeah. And sometimes staying married out of obedience to God is costly. And sometimes yeah. there's just so many things. Obedience doesn't always, like you said, it doesn't always feel good. Yeah. And I think that that expectation that it should always feel good is dangerous because yeah. eventually then God's law, it doesn't become the standard. You're feeling about you God's law becomes a standard. You yes. become super bitter. Yes. Because you haven't been obeying from the heart. Right. Yeah. Or even trusting God with the way your heart feels as mm-hmm. you obey. Mm-hmm. Like this is a relationship at the end of, yeah. end of the day. Yes. And so as you said, God, I don't, I don't want to do this, but help me. Yeah. Help my unbelief. And yeah. that's where the relationship mm-hmm. is just solidified in a different way that where the obedience, it doesn't lose its difficulty, but there's a sense of purpose right. attached yeah. to it. Right. Yeah. I love how the psalmist says, I will run in the course of your commandments because you have set my heart free. Yeah. But it's him setting our hearts free. And I think that's how we can always look back at our obedience one day. Yeah. I I think of the song, Holy, 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 where it says they take their crowns and they're casting them down. I think that crown that we will all wear, Mm -hmm. we will say, not to us, Mm -hmm. not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because if I obeyed one day of my life, it was because you saved my soul right. and you changed my heart and you worked it in me. And it's all your glory. And I think when we can obey like that, that's spirit led. I'm getting all teary, y'all. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's. I want to speak in a tongue. You preaching. I did, but that's you know, why. It's that, Come on, it, Melissa. It's, let him use you. Yay. <laughs> let him fall. Come on here. It's that that we want to put before people. Yeah. The other is angry and bitter and legalistic and not life-giving. And we want to say, hey, this is life. Yeah, it may be hard. It may be death, but it's life. So look at you. What is your favorite era of history? So carved in ebony. Oh, <laughs> gosh. It's about 10 black women in Christian and American history. Mm-hmm who I think everybody should know about. I didn't know about them before I started writing. It's so good. Yeah. So that was my litmus test was like, do I know about them? Yeah. And none of them I did. And so it was just really cool to learn about their lives and see their faithfulness. And I kind of talk about their stories and how their stories impacted me. Yeah. I loved it. Is that your favorite era or no? Um, It depends. So if it's American history, then yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because they're all Civil War era. Like, right. But they're... So Elizabeth Freeman is like right after... Um, or during Revolutionary War, and then the last lady, Nanny Helen Burroughs, is in the early 1900s. So right that that, that like chunk between um, antebellum and the Progressive Era is like my favorite American part of history to study. But then if it's mm. like world history, my favorite is ancient history. I read really. I read the Iliad and the Odyssey pretty regularly. So I'm not teaching this year. And I have two students who are coming over my house to. Um, <laughs> Two of my old students, they're not my students anymore, but they're reading the Odyssey this year. And they're like, oh, I just don't understand it. And I was like, y'all should come over and we should like read it together. It'll be so that's fun. fun. <laughs> so that's, that's my other, <laughs> my other era. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite is World War II. My kids are always like, you're reading another book about World War II. Have you read Kate Quinn's stuff? Yes. Oh. Yes. Which one's hers? I Did can't... you read? Okay. the Al- No, not the Alice Network. Is it hers? Yes. The Alice Network. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, the Huntress. Yes. Read all this. Uh, the Rose Code. Oh, I just, I just read that. I just read that, that about the um, code breakers. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just read that one. Just it's like really good. two weeks ago. Yeah. Read that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty much, I like any 
books but I like biographies I read The Splendid and Vile um, which is about Churchill and the Battle of Britain and all that was going on during that I'm, I, I love that era and then I also love Russian history I'm a big every elective I took in college was Russian history you told but me that I just I love it I find them fascinating Ooh, I haven't read that. This is a new one. It's about black women and the black women who served oh. in um, World War II. Sisters oh. in Arms. I'm reading it right now. Okay. It's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to get that one. I know. I was like, oh. I was like, World War II, they're all that black. I know. Hey. I, know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I was like, wow. There's a story here. I got to get this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't read She's any. Like, I'm here with two nerds. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I like, uh, I like, any history, especially uh, quirky history, like uh, is it CNN? It's somebody or History Channel. They have like this series where they talk about the history of like ketchup and Heinz and my kids oh, love. We watch the Yes. Yeah. So I don't maybe that I don't know if yes. that's an era, but it's a it's a kind of history because it's just like oh yeah we all eat ketchup. Yeah. This is how it came to yeah. be, and it took so you long. You should look at the history of Kellogg's cereal. Oh, it's interesting. That's crazy. Because it was like a health food. Yes. Yeah. And he was like obsessed with, you can take this out if you need to. He was like obsessed with enemas. Like that was his health, Mm -hmm. his health goal (laughs) Mm -hmm. in life was like, this is the pinnacle of health. And it's deep when you get into the history of like, it was like wars. Like, Mm -hmm. so like Oreo was at war with this other, because they called them biscuits at that time, with Mm -hmm. this other biscuit company. And it's like one of them had more money, and so one of them got more popular, even if they weren't first. And so it's just a. Do you like like conspiracy stuff? I hate conspiracies. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy person. So where'd that come from? But because normally when people are into like quirky parts of history, Uh, there's also a connection of like, like I have a friend who's just convinced that the moon landing did not like like you can't. There's nothing you can say, (laughs) like. There's nothing you can say. He's yeah. just like the the fan is blowing the the. There's no wind in space, but the flag is blowing, so it's obviously a soundstage. And I'm like, okay, all right, okay, sure. Got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I like I like facts. <laughs> like the the what ifs they stress me out. All right, good talking about history and law and obedience <laughs> and things. Our sponsor for this season is Crossway. We're really yes. excited. They have sent us so many books to love it. read and look at and get to know. Um, and today's book is really great in connection with our discussion about obedience in the law. It's the perfect book to tack, mm-hmm. <laughs> to tack on to talking about obedience in the law. And it's, uh, let me get the title right, A Dozen Things God Did With Your Sin and Three Things He'll Never Do by Sam Storms. So, Melissa, can you tell us a little bit about this one? Yeah, I love what this book does because he actually goes through 12 things that God did with sin, like forgiving it, passing over it, casting it into the depths of the sea, you know. And so it's it's a really fruitful, I think, meditation mm-hmm. to say, oh, you know, I know you always think about your sin in terms of regret. Right. That's That's great. But let's talk about what God now thinks about your son. Yeah. So it's turning from a man view to a God view. And yeah. I love Moving that. from like you yeah. and the stewing in the sin to yeah. like, okay, this is God is active and involved in casting our sin away. Yeah. And what hope there is yeah. in that for us. And so. the three things that he'll never do. That's yeah. Like, yeah. That's interesting. Intriguing. But you have to get the book. You have to get the book. To, you have to get the book to find about the three things he'll never do. Yes. So Jackie, is it in your trunk? 
where do they no. get an agent? <laughs> I, I bought a hundred of them and I'm selling them on Etsy. Oh, at a discounted rate. Good job. I know. Is it a thirty percent discount though? Not quite. Maybe five okay. percent because I need my profit. <laughs> uh, but I'm kidding. You can get them at crossway.org forward slash plus, and when you go there, you can get thirty percent off because you know. Saints love a good deal. I love a deal. Uh, but that's it for this episode of Let's Talk. Come back next week for a discussion on idolatry.